I absolutely love it. I'm so glad you guys are here with us today. And today we are talking about one of my favorite topics. This may be the, the, one of my top five uh, favorite personal subjects, and I love it. And I'm so glad you guys are here. We're in a series called Loving God with Our Minds. And for those of you that are visiting, my name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here. And we are, our year-long theme is God First. We're going to look at what it looks like for a person, a family, a church, a community. What does that look like when we put God first? Well, if we're going to put God first, we have to love him with our minds. And so the main thing today is this. Science and faith are not in conflict. Our knowledge of the one increases our love for the other. Um, check out this, this pic. This is, a, this is from the uh, front page of the New Yorker. Uh, magazine a couple years ago. It's called The Wasting of the Evangelical Mind. And in this, it says this, cultivating the life of the mind, however, has been an important current throughout much of Christianity's history. Uh, A recognition that intellectual pursuits can glorify God. Evangelicalism in America, though, has become to be defined by this anti-intellectualism. The style of most popular and influential pastors um, tend to correlate with shallowness. Charisma trumps expertise. Scientific authorities often viewed with suspicion. So it is a little surprise that American evangelicals have become vulnerable to demagoguery and misinformation. That was actually written about the church. I don't see that because uh, that doesn't happen here. But uh, apparently that's a big deal. Um, several, a couple years ago, uh, Hillsong songwriter Marty Sampson made all types of, uh, of, of headlines because he deconstructed his faith in 2019, uh, sending shockwaves throughout the Christian community. Uh, the guy who wrote lots of modern worship songs that we have sung in this church walked away from his faith, said that I can't do this anymore. And in an interview, he said this. This is a soapbox moment, so here I go. How many preachers fail? Many, he continued. No one talks about it. How many miracles happen? Not many, but no one talks about it. Why is the Bible full of contradictions? No one talks about it. How can God love yet send four billion people to a place all because they don't believe? No one talks about it. And as I read that, I thought to myself, Marty, that's all the church has been talking about for the last 2,000 years. An elementary understanding of apologetics would answer those questions brilliantly. And what is so sad is that a guy who worked in a church couldn't answer those questions. All you had to do was read an elementary level uh, book on on what church fathers have done with those questions. There are children in this church that can answer those questions. And he couldn't. And that's why series like these are so very important. Today we're talking, like I said, one of my favorite topics. And this is this. Uh, we're going to have some fun with it. It's called Why Stop Believing in Evolution. I'm, I'm like a lot of you guys. I'm a product of public schools. I grew up in, in Lexington, uh, Cassie Morton, Henry Clay, went to Center College. Uh, I was thoroughly schooled in, uh, in evolution, abiogenesis, things like that. I was taught in no uncertain terms that anyone that believed in a creator was a wild-eyed fundamentalist with you know, missing one strap on his overalls with t- like five teeth. Seriously, that was the image that I was given. Um, and so now before I... And I walked away from that several years ago, okay? But before I start, we have to define some terms. Um, I actually believe in evolution. Uh, Evolution simply means change over time. That's all it means, okay? Uh, I have no problem whatsoever with the, the, uh, the concept that cars used to look like Model Ts, and now they look like Lamborghinis. That's evolution. 
Uh, I have no problem whatsoever that my daughters have red hair and blue eyes. Well, one of them has blue eyes, one of them has green eyes. And I have dark curly hair. Uh, some of you have blonde hair. That's, that is evolution. That is caused by genetic mutation. So if you have blonde hair, red eyes, or I mean, red hair or blue eyes, you're a mutant. Yeah, you're a mutant. I'm talking about your mutants in here. I have curly hair. I'm a mutant. That's what it is. That's all that is. Okay, that's all evolution is. What I don't believe is what our children and, and what our, our university students are being taught about evolution because evo they're using something different than evolution. They're talking about abiogenesis. Everybody say abiogenesis. Abiogenesis, okay? Abiogenesis means that life did not have a creator, that it originated on its own. That's what abiogenesis is. And dishonest educators are using evidence for evolution, such as genetic mutation, for proof, as proof for abiogenesis. They are two completely different topics. Okay, so when I'm talking about evolution today, I'm actually talking about abiogenesis, all right? So uh, th these, these are the things that I could not reconcile. Um, these are the things that led me away from abiogenesis evolution to belief in creator. Okay, the first thing is this. I couldn't explain evolution using basic logic. Basic logic, okay, there are only two, some way, only two ways something begins to exist. Either it's created or it creates itself. Those are the only two options. If it's not created, it creates itself. Now the second proposition is absolutely psychotic. Something that doesn't exist can create itself. If, if, uh, that, that's like Amber Heard level crazy, okay? Now somebody that believes that something doesn't exist can create itself, that person needs a nice, comfortable, padded room with a comfortable, nice, white coat. Okay, that is, that, that is what it is. We all know this is not front page news. This is not front page news at all. But when I was in academic settings being told to believe that life, uh, that, that which did not exist could create itself and that all intellectual people believe that. Okay, now the Bible tells us that God is the creator and that coincides with logic. That coincides with logic because logic tells us anything that begins to exist has a creator. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? Well, then people say, well, who created God? And I say, no one. No, nothing. No one. And you're like, ah, Dave, you said everything has a creator. I said, no, no, no. Everything that begins to exist has a creator. Um, Thomas Aquinas brilliantly theorized this in his prime mover theory. Thomas Aquinas basically said everything has a cause, so he went back and back to time equals zero, to the first cause. And he, and he said that something uncreated, eternal, had to be what he called the prime mover that set the first cause. Okay? And he believed that to be God. Now, uh, in anyone uh, who has held a conversation with a toddler knows that they always ask what one question? Why? Yeah, last week was Mother's Day. You moms in here, I hope you had a great day. See if this sounds familiar, moms, okay? We're going to the store, why? Because mommy needs new shoes, why? Because my old ones wore out, why? Because I've been running around chasing you all day, why? Because you were born, why? Because your dad, and I, that's a different topic, okay? Uh, I, I've had conversations like this with my, when my kids were toddlers, were stuck in traffic, why? Can I have someone up there had a wreck? Why? Because people in central Kentucky can't drive. Why? Because their parents couldn't drive. And it just keep on going back and back. I, I, I wonder if Thomas Aquinas came up with this prime mover theory after arguing with the toddler. I could probably make a very good case for that. But he kept simply, simply asking why, why, until he got to the first cause. And he said that, uh, that, that the prime mover uh, was the, an uncaused, uncreated being, eternal being, 
is the prime mover, and you believe that to be God. That makes more sense than anything else I've ever seen. The prime mover theory, theory brilliantly describes the, the topic of causation. Okay? The second problem I had was this. After I couldn't make it coincide with basic logic was this. I couldn't explain why the most complex thing in the world was the only thing without a creator. I couldn't explain that. Uh, I think we can all agree that life is by far the most complex thing on this planet. All right? I, I don't think anyone would be foolish enough to say that a human-created thing, as, as wonderful as they are, would, uh, would be more complex than life. And, you know, the end-all, be-all is rocket science. And take a rocket scientist to understand that. Follow me for more dad jokes. All right? No one would be foolish enough to walk into a nuclear missile silo and say, uh, look, at, look at this, uh, look at the systems, look at the missile, look at the guidance systems, look at the computer stuff, the cool stuff. Stuff is way beyond what I can understand. And say, look what an amazing illustration of evolution this is. Look what some wind and some elements and some lightning was able to create. No, no one would do that. Okay? Your first thought would be, what type of MIT genius nerd would create this? There's an intelligence behind it. We know that. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know you're not a rocket scientist. Okay? Now, here's the truth. A rocket will sit there until it's told to fire. It can't feel. It can't think. It can't do anything until a human tells it to do. It is an inanimate, inanimate object. It is a glorified piece of metal. That's all it is. Life, far more amazing the most complicated rocket system ever developed. Let's take some objects and let's rank them, okay? This right here is a styrofoam coffee cup and it happens to house the most perfect liquid ever, coffee, right? Now, this is very basic, it's a piece of styrofoam, yet it is designed to handle hot liquids. If I was to put this into just a regular cup, it would melt, right? Okay, this is designed to handle hot liquids, got a lid and everything like this. Now, my question is simply this, does this demand a creator? Is this capable of creating itself? Anyone? Uh, does this demand a creator? I, I think it does. It really does. I mean, it has writing on it. It says 12 ounce. It's put together. It, it's all these, it's, it's, it has all that, okay? So this demands a creator. Now, let's move something a little bit more complex. Let's look at this music stand. This music stand is more complex. It's made of metal. It's adjustable. You know, you can, you can, you can move it up and down. It's obviously got a purpose. Um, and it's got many, it's got moving parts now. So question, does this demand a creator? This music stands, does this demand a creator? Yeah, well, yes, it does. This, there's no way this would put itself together. Okay, well, well let's, let's get a little bit more complex, and let's move over here to the keyboard here. Um, this right here is very, very, very complex because you can actually make sounds on this. This is, a, this is really, really, really cool. Um, we got sound here. We got... You can, you can actually play music on this thing. You can even do different sounds on this thing. You can, uh, let's see here, uh, you can play like some really cool 80s riffs like...
I mean, you can do that. And, and uh, uh, obviously, you can do some really cool stuff like, uh, like this. I mean, you can, you can play some, some great church music. some of the traditionalists like, hey, we're going to sing that song? No, I'm, I'm sorry. But does this thing that you can produce music and you can produce sound on, does this demand a creator? Yeah. Anybody say that this would create itself? No. No, not at all. Well, let's move a little bit more complex to the cell phone. All right, now this cell phone is incredibly complex. It's not just a standalone. This is part of a system. I can make phone calls. It connects to a cell tower, to another phone, and everything like that. It's part of a system. It's very complex. As a matter of fact, this thing is a smartphone, and I, uh, uh, I actually have a, uh, an app on here that, uh, that allows me. It's, it's for pastors only. You guys don't know this, um, but it tells me who in the church is actually looking at memes instead of listening to the sermon. And this one right here, uh, I, I've, I got somebody. Let's see here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My dad? <laughs> My dad is looking at memes instead of, look at that. We could talk on this thing, though. So does this cell phone, does this demand a creator? It does. Okay. Um, no, where are you? Come on up here. Can this, which we said demands a creator, think, feel, create, love? No. Can this music stand think, feel, create? No. Can, that, can the keyboard think, feel, create, love? No. Can this cell phone, as amazing as it is, think, feel, create, love, no. Can this human being think, feel, create, love? And yet this is the only thing, person, being on this stage that you are told does not need a creator. The most complex thing in the universe, the known universe, is what we are told doesn't need a creator. No one would be foolish enough in an academic setting to say a styrofoam cup can create itself, yet we are being told that human life can create itself. I could not bring myself to make that admission. Thank you. The most complex thing in existence is what we're told doesn't need a creator. I cannot wrap my head around that. I could not bring myself to make that type of admission. The third thing, I couldn't explain the presence of systems, okay? I could not explain the presence of systems. Every father on Christmas morning knows the dreaded words. What are they? Some assembly required, yes. I was a dad, and I, I, those dreaded words, because it was never some assembly, was it? It was a lot of assembly. And for some reason, all the people think that dad is born knowing how to put these things together. And we couldn't do it, all right? Now, for all of you young people, this is something that we old people used to use all the time. This is a DVD, okay? All the kids are like, what the heck is that? Okay, this is what happened before streaming, all right? Now, this is the movie Hacksaw Ridge. It's the best movie I think ever made. 
I would highly recommend watching it. It's a, it's a Medal of Honor winner, Desmond Doss, everything. Yeah, go watch this. So on this DVD, you guys, is all of the information that we need to watch this movie. So are you guys enjoying it? It's watching the movie? It's watching it? Hey, we got all the information we need, right? Who's enjoying the movie? We got some people here that actually think a movie's playing, man. Uh, you, you, you guys need your eyes checked, okay? No. So what the problem is is that there's no way to access this information. We need what? A DVD player, exactly. Okay. So what we do here? I'm watching Learn Kids because this used to be really cool. So we put the DVD into the DVD player. And we give it a second because things don't move as fast as they, as they do now. They, they didn't move back as fast back then. I hope you guys like my desktop background too. You guys like that? Okay, now all of a sudden the movie pops up. Because we have a machine that can transcribe the information. All right, there's our movie. We can see it now. We can access it now. Well, the problem is, is that... This is our DNA, all the information, but it's locked up. And so people say, well, is there a, are there instructions to make a DVD player? Is there instructions to build this machine that will express this information in your DNA? And you're like, of course. Well, where is it? Well, it's in here. The information needed to build the machine to express the DNA is all locked up in the DNA. We can't get it. Okay, so what we are left with, if, let's just say that life, uh, that DNA spontaneously uh, uh, arranged itself like Stanley Miller experiments said that it did, even though it's been debunked. It's still in your textbooks, kids. It's debunked because he did, he did his experimentation in the absence of oxygen. There was never any, uh, never any evidence that the Earth's atmosphere lacked oxygen. He formed amino acids, okay? But let's just say that it did. And all of the DNA necessary to life instructions were in that we're in that dna the problem is it's, it's like this it's all locked up in there so the the machine to express that dna had to be there too well that flies in the face of evolution i could not bring myself to to uh to explain the the, the presence of systems see guys if we go out to the cemetery the corpse is there they're full of dna they're not alive Dead things are full of DNA. De DNA does not mean life. So let's just stop with that fallacy. Parents, teach your kids. They're being taught in school that, that the presence of DNA means life. No, it doesn't. Dead things are full of DNA. They're not live. Okay? Now, you need systems to make life work. And systems don't work with all, without all pieces together. Uh, let's, let's take the cell phone again. Right? Cell phone. The basic cell phone system is a phone, power, cell tower, another phone. Well, let's just say that we have a phone, we have power, and the towers, but we don't have another phone. Well, the system doesn't work. Who are you going to call? Well, let's say we got two phones, but we don't have power. Well, anybody with a dead phone knows that a dead phone doesn't work. Unless you have power, the whole system breaks down. Let's say that we got power and two phones, but no cell towers. Well, you're not doing anything. It doesn't work. The whole, whole system has to be there for it to work. 
And in the same way, let's look at the systems of the human body, one of the circulatory system. Now, I have no problem with circulatory systems. Some of my best friends have circulatory systems, okay? Uh, but that's the one that I know the most about. Because in, in 2004, when our son died of, of a heart defect, I learned more about the circulatory system than I ever cared to know. Circulatory system, as most of you guys know, has five parts. It has a heart, arteries, capillaries, veins, and blood. Now, blood is so complex that we cannot manufacture. You know that, right? That human beings, we cannot make blood. That's why you have to donate because we can't manufacture it. The most brilliant minds in science and in, in, in the medical community cannot make blood. So that's why you have to donate it. Cannot make it. But I just would like to ask an evolutionist. Remember, evolution says that things uh, um, go from uh, general to complex. They're, they're in slight successive changes over time. I, I would like to ask an evolutionist how the circulatory system evolved. Well, now, so let's just say out of those five things, we got the heart, we got the arteries, we got the capillaries, the veins, and, and blood. Well, probably if we were in evolution, we would say that the capillaries did first because they're the least complex, they're the smallest and least complex. So probably capillaries evolved first. So there's a mutation in the DNA, and uh, all of a sudden these vessels kind of appeared. Okay, what happened next? Uh, he would probably say, well, probably some of them grew bigger and became veins. I'm like, well, okay. You know, veins have valves in them, but we'll, we'll just stop, you know, we'll talk about that. So what happened next? Well, probably some more of them evolved into arteries. Well, the arteries handle pressure, so why would they handle pressure? They're designed to expand and contract. Why would they do that? Because there's no blood and there's no pressure well, let's just say they did. And so probably maybe the heart evolved next, maybe, I don't know. Now, how many of you all have ever done air conditioning or plumbing or anything like that and dealt with pressurized systems? Okay, when I was uh, the first Jeep that I owned, the air conditioning system went out because there was a leak in the pressure system. The, the, the pressure fitting started leaking and all the Freon leaked out and it didn't work. So I had to refill it and it leaked out again. And I realized that pressure fittings were very essential and those wear out over time. Well, the arteries would have to have a pressure fitting on the heart. Well, why would they need a pressure fitting? Because there's no blood. But let's just say it did. Let's say that arteries connected to the heart through capillaries, through veins, and it reconnected to the heart. How's the blood get there? It's a closed system. It's airtight. How does the blood get there? And not only that, how does blood, which we cannot as intelligent beings manufacture, how did it evolve? What, what would it be if, if the uh, blood evolved before the veins and it had a heart pumping and the blood was just running everywhere? See, guys, this doesn't make sense. The mental calisthenics that you have to use to believe that something like the circulatory system evolved in small stages is ludicrous. It's, it, it's illogical. And that's what we're being told to believe. That's what our children are being told to believe. And not only is there a circulatory system, there's a nervous system, there's an immune system, there's a musculoskeletal system, there's a lymphatic system, there is a digestive system, all working in your body. Now, are you, what are the odds 
of all of those things evolving by random mutation and working together as systems. It's so ridiculous as to be absurd. I could not explain the presence of systems. The fourth thing, I couldn't explain the sudden ability to reproduce. Let's just say that abiogenesis is true, that life uh, somehow, if, if you guys come over here with me, let's say that this is time equals zero, right here. This is like time zero, that nothing has happened. This is the beginning. And then all the way over here is May 15th, 2022, where we are right now. So somewhere on this timeline, there was not life, and then there was. Okay? Can we agree on that? You can't have, like, someone can't be half alive. It, you're either alive or you're dead. Okay? So there's either life or there's non-life. So some point in time along here, there was no life, and then all of a sudden there was. Okay? My question would be, how did that happen? What combination of chemicals, what combination of everything caused non-life to become life? But the, the evolutionists, the abiogenists would, would admit that probably if that did happen, that life would be a single-cell molecule. I, I doubt that a person, a multi-celled uh, 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 person jumped out, okay? It's probably a single-cell uh, single organism, a bacteria or something like that. What's the lifespan of a single-cell organism? Was it 24 hours? A year? 10 years? How long? I know my fat cells live a long time. I can't get rid of them. I wish that they would fall out like my hair's falling out. But I, how, what's the lifespan? Let's just say 10 years. Let's say that a single cell can live 20 years. Let's say we can live 100 years. What happens if it can't reproduce? Dies. So if anyone has ever studied cell mitosis, you know that's an extremely complex uh, thing. If you look at on Wikipedia, it's like major, well, all the stuff that's going on there. So all reproductive structures would have to be present in the first generation. Think about that. What Darwin said is that things evolve generationally as mutation, mutation, and over time, over millions and billions of years, things evolve as cellular mutation happens. So mutation happens with reproduction. So the, how did life evolve if there was no evolution? If it, in the first generation, how did all the reproductive structures appear in one generation? I had no explanation for that. Because it's, Darwin himself said that things must take generations to change. What would happen if every human being, or every living being, cats, dogs, plants, all of a sudden stopped reproducing? What would happen in one generation? Life would die. So if those reproductive structures in that first life would not there, life would have ceased. The miracle would have died off because it couldn't reproduce. I couldn't explain that. However, Genesis 1, 20 through 22 says this. Look at how God designed things. 
God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures in, uh, uh, of, of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds, every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And look what God, the first blessing that God gives, look what it says. And God blessed him and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. What was the first blessing? He said, reproduce. I give you the ability to pass life on. That would not be explainable by Darwin's theory, but that is explainable by the word of God. The first thing he said was, here's the ability to, to, to reproduce, to keep life going. In Genesis 1.28, he singled us out. God blessed them, meaning Adam and Eve, and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. The first blessing was the ability to reproduce. God built that into the first generation. Think about that. Something not possible by biological standards. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. See, guys, number five, reason led me to my creator. Reason led me to my creator. Genesis 2, 7, it said, Then the Lord formed the man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils a breath of life, and the man became a living being. This is the most logical way human life was, was designed, life began. You say, how? Because it happens every day. Do you know that? What God did there happens every day. See, what we see in Genesis chapter 2, we don't see life being created. We see life being imparted from one living being to another. That's how life happens. How many parents we have in here? Any parents? Okay, you got parents? Okay. You didn't create life, parents. You didn't create anything. You, as a living being, imparted life to your children. And like a flame being passed, like one candle lighting another, life is passed on. We all know that. There's nothing, there's no one in this room, there's nothing out there that's living that doesn't have an ancestor that you had life passed on to you by your parents who had life passed on to them by their parents. That's how life begins. That's how, that's how we, we all know that. Every living thing in here has an ancestor. And so when, when Genesis describes God breathing the breath of life into the man that was one living being imparting life, to another, and that's the natural process we can observe right now. Not something spontaneously becoming life, okay? It shouldn't come to a shock, a shock to us that Genesis 2 describes the first imparting of life and one living being to other. That's what we see every day. Reason, logic, common sense. That's what led me to my creator. One of the gifts that my dad gave me was this tremendous awe of a human body. My dad's a surgeon, and he gets to see things that we don't get to see. Every day when he went in for 43 years, he would open up the shoulder, open up the knee, and, and fix God's creation. He, just, he would sit there and just be in awe of how God did everything. And he would come home and talk about that and pass on on to me and my brother. This awe of a human body. Uh, constantly talked about God's magnificent work, human body. I see no conflict between science and faith, you guys. 
My knowledge of one increases my love for the other. See, you are not a mistake. What is the logical conclusion to the theory of evolution and abiogenesis is that every one of you is a gigantic cosmic accident. You're one of the lucky ones to make it off the top of the pond. That's all you are. That's what this world is shouting at you and shouting at our children that you have no purpose, you have no design, you are an accident, and if you were to disappear, we wouldn't even miss you because you are purposeless and you have no design. The Bible tells us something radically different. The Bible tells us that God spent time on you, that you are a magnificent creation. You alone, out of everything on this planet, was made, were made in the image of God, and you bear his image today. That you have systems that were labored over, that were thought through and spoken into you, that you bear through the line of living things passing on life, you bear the very life force that God's breathed into Adam. That's what the Bible tells us. You are not a mistake. You were designed. God spent time on you. God loves you. You are his his precious creation. If anyone in here thinks of themselves any other way, Maybe you're listening to what this world says. Oh, I'm an addict. I'm a mess up. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm neglected. I'm this. I'm that. No. That's what this world is telling you. What science says, what the Bible says, is that God breathed life into you. That inside every one of your 75 trillion cells are more than 2 billion Specific instructions detailing your height, your skin color, your hair color, your eye color, your limbs, your legs, your systems, everything. And then he transcribed that and made you into you. I'm in absolute awe of the creativity of God. You are not an accident. The people you meet on the street this afternoon the people in your family, the people in the store, the people that we read about in the news. They're all God's creation. So precious to him that he went to a cross and died in your place because he saw a value in you that maybe you yourself can't see. This world is trying to tell you You're an accident. What God is telling you is that you are dearly loved, that you are of inestimable value, that you are infinitely valuable because he spent time on you. Don't believe the propaganda. Believe the gospel. I just want to leave you guys. I hope that today you just walk out of here in complete and total awe of what God did to bring you here today. I love you guys.
Have a great week. See you Sunday.